You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. All right, Connor, I don't know what it is about Northern Virginia or just the DMV area in general, but today, federal offices, which is what my office, where I work, uses to gauge winter weather advisories and cancellations and all that stuff, we were closed for two hours. We had a two-hour delay, which I didn't even know they did in the federal government. In I the workforce. In the workforce. I thought that was a regular school thing. It was literally just, there was not a drop of nope. snow. I don't know if you got any snow. I'm probably about, what, 30 miles or so east of you? Maybe probably 25. less than that. I'd Did say as the crow flies, you're probably less than that. But, I mean, okay. I, I am directly west of you. And, you know, usually in the Mid-Atlantic, which is how it works as you get further away from the coast, closer to the mountains, higher elevation, you get more snow. The answer is no. No, we didn't get any snow at all. Like, but we, school was canceled. We, yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's kind of the story, right? I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's wrong with. It's funny, Sean. It's the, the same the same thing that I find is that people can't drive in the rain. Like it's a wacky thing if you notice in the summertime when it starts raining, people drive either way too slow or they just say I'm gonna go ten miles over the speed limit no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's funny. You, you notice that people just – our vehicles are designed to drive in weather. Like, these are not Model Ts anymore. This is not a horse <laughs> and buggy. Like, I, I promise you when there's precipitation falling, your 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 car is okay. You, you, won't, you won't die. I don't know, Sean. I, I do think that in this remote world that we've now kind of cocooned ourselves into – People are just way too trigger happy with, I'll work from home, work from home, work from home, work from home, right? And it's like, all right, like, do you want to just work from home because you want an excuse to work from home? Or is this actually a safety thing? My thing is, just be honest. Say, hey, let's all work from home tomorrow because let's use the snow as an excuse. And I'm sure offices around the area were doing that. I couldn't believe the schools were closed, though. I I couldn't. I know. I couldn't believe that. But, I mean, Sean, I I I mean, this is every generation does this, by the way. I, I think... This is just a human thing. Every generation thinks that the younger generation below them are way worse than what they were. Everyone does this. <laughs> Every single generation. Like, you ask your dad, your dad's going to tell you, ah, oh, when we were younger, we didn't have the nonsense you did when you were growing up. And then we're going to tell our younger siblings the same thing. And then our grandparents are telling that to our parents. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. It will, it will end when we're all dead, right? It just won't ever stop. But I, uh, I, 
with that being said, I, I don't remember having school canceled for I just school was never canceled. Like school was just never canceled for us. Like I, I maybe it's the fact that we become more equipped with working remote. Maybe it's because of that. I don't know. I have never gotten more text from my brother who's in high school at 1130 <laughs> in the morning playing Xbox than the last 18 months. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he'll call me. He'll FaceTime me at 1030 or, or 11 and be, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm just sitting there going like, you know, just w- why are you not in school? Like, that's just the answer. <laughs> yep. I don't know, Shawnee. Yeah. Yeah. I got a brother, sophomore in high school, and I asked my mom something about his uh, school today. And she's like, oh, it was closed today. They didn't have school because it rained. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, because rained. it wasn't 72 degrees uh, and sunny. And here's the problem is they get a lot of pressure from parents, and I think from bus drivers as well, mm-hmm. that if there's even a threat of snow, people start freaking out, as we know. Maybe. Yeah. And and so they just, you know, they'll, they'll close it um, even if there's just that threat of snow, which there was, but it was, I think, less than one inch on weather.com. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I man, can assure uh, you. It's the- crazy. It was just wet. I, I actually think we got because we had <laughs> snow last weekend. So I, I think mm-hmm. last night's rain just took away more snow. Um, and it wasn't even freezing. It, did, it was yeah. actually like relatively, relatively warm today in comparison to where we were before. But man, we are in the throes of it now, man. I mean, this is the, and, and it sucks because after the snowstorm, you get this, you know, these piles of frozen snow that are all salty and dirty and just like, oh, this sucks. So, you know. The snow days are what are so visually appealing. They're so fun. They're so great. The after effects, not so much. Not so much there, Shiny Boy. But welcome back, everybody. After further review returns, the voice of Mr. Sean Olette, my executive producer, Shani, from Arlington, Virginia. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I really enjoyed our Monday night uh, rendezvous over in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings for that uh, wild card matchup. We had a great time. We, we killed killed a lot of food, didn't we? Yeah, some fried pickles, some, some fried pickles. What do they call those? Pretzel, pretzel knots, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, everything wings. pretzel knots. You know, the fried pickles got better as they went, mm-hmm. but I mean, you still can't beat those boneless wings, right? Oh no, never. I mean, they're just so good. You just douse them in ranch. You just, it's just a great time. Great time. I'm still upset you didn't get truly on tap though. You had to get it in the can. I really wanted you to try what truly would be on tap. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of regretting that. We'll have to go again. Yeah, well. But every time we uh, go, there's a blowout game. It's terrible. It was terrible. I mean, yeah, that was just <laughs> something. We're going to get into everything there. So Wild Card Weekend is in the books. I'd say on the surface, a lot of people are saying it was boring, right? It just wasn't. There was a lot of blowouts and blah, 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 blah. Look, man, football is football. I, I, I watch it all the way through, no matter how bad of a game is. Uh, I'll watch the post game. I will watch the game. On Sunday night until it hits local news. Guys just love football so much. And and the reality is, is that that is the magic of playoff football. Because really, no matter what, no matter what, you got two teams and it's just, it's win or go home. So it, it is, that is it. So there's just a, a level of urgency. There's a level of chippiness. There's a level of, even if it's a blowout, you just, you know, guys are on national television and they know it. And they don't want to be embarrassed. And it's just, it's so fun. I mean, there, there's no reality football out there quite like the National Football League. So we're going to get into everything. And we're going to preview the divisional round as we head into this weekend. Uh, four really, really good games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Sean, is there anything I'm missing? Is there anything on the docket you'd like to touch on before we review Wild Card Weekend? 
No, but at the end, I'm going to have a mystery question for you. I like this. I like these so think NFC. Things. It's an NFC team. Okay. It's an NS- NFC team. All right. So like think it. about that. I like it. I, I have right. not even been close to close on any of these. Uh, any it's, of these like questions. no, it's it's not a trivia. Yeah, it's not a trivia question, and it's not like a trick question. It's a like a legit. I want your opinion tri- question. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fair so, enough. I'll we'll take that. opinion. Yeah. yeah. I can't do tri- tri- trivia questions. I've just proven to be completely incapable at so. I, uh, I'll enjoy a little a uh, little uh, little question answer session. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll dabble in that. Um, but Shawnee, do we want to get to Wild Card Weekend? I believe so. We do. Let's, Let's do get so. right into it. You want to start with that Saturday Saturday game? Excuse me, I can't talk today. Ah, we'll do the beginning enough. one. Let's do it. The first one, the four thirty one, I believe it was. So it was the five seed Raiders traveling to Cincinnati, taking on the four seed Bengals. Both of them finished the regular season ten and seven. The Bengals ended up getting the win by six. It Connor, it really didn't feel like at any point the Raiders were going to win that game. No, you know, and again, the the Raiders were that feel-good story, right? They were that story, that team that just overcame everything to get to where they were this year, but you did feel like the better team won, right? And that's why I chose the Bengals. I just felt like their offense was so, I mean, when it's going, it's, it is a well-oiled machine, um, and it showed. It showed itself. Jamar Chase over 100 yards. He had nine receptions, 116 yards. Um, Joe Burrow was sharp for the most part. The second half, that offense was kind of floundering a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, and the the Bengals left the door open for the Raiders at the end. But Josh Jacobs wasn't fully able to get going as much as they would have wanted to. He only ran the ball 13 times and. Darren Waller was relatively held in check. I mean, he, he did have 76 yards on seven receptions, but he, he he seemed to be held in check for the most part. Um, I mean, the story in this one was the Bengals' offense that is obviously um, just so sharp. I mean, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are a pair that we are going to be talking about for years and years, and, and, and I, I really do mean that tremendously. I mean, Joe Burrow gave Cincinnati – and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase gave Cincinnati something they were waiting for um, for over 30 years, and that's a, that's a playoff win. And, I mean, it was great to see for Cincinnati. I mean, for football, right? I mean, for football, you, you see these great football towns like Green Bay, and you see these these areas in Boston, obviously, for, for, for so long. Um, you just go down the list of some of these successful franchises that have, that have established themselves as football towns um, and have gotten their success recently. And, and Cincinnati is one of those that just haven't, been able to really have anything to cheer about for a long time um and it was of course it was fitting for paul brown stadium to be at the biggest capacity uh to date um to see joe burrow and jamar chase lead the cincinnati Bengals to their first playoff win was it since 1991 i think it was uh but look the story will be the offense i mean the defense here for for the Bengals was just i mean the, the pressure they were constantly bringing um just fun to watch, man. I mean this this was a this was a buzzing defense. This was a defense that I thought was their biggest question mark going in. It's got to give them a lot of confidence going into round two, in their ability to hey, if you can pressure the quarterback, if you could bring five or six, keep that opposing quarterback on his heels. I think you feel good. I think you feel good about the Bengals' chances here. For the Raiders, it just was a little bit too little, too late. I think they were a great story going in. They did have a lot of question marks though, right? I mean they they've had a lot of question marks about how consistent can that offense be. Um, you know, his two top receivers for the most part, Derek Carr's two top receivers in Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs 
uh, over the first half of the year. Obviously, Henry Ruggs out of the league, and Darren Waller was injured for a long while. So, you know, Derek Carr was having to rely on guys like an old Deshaun Jackson and, and Zay Jones and Foster Moreau to move that ball offensively. And they, they found a way to do it. They really did. But he's been excellent. I mean, Derek Carr's been excellent for the Raiders, and you have to feel good about their chances if he, you know, if they can continue to build that offense out, if they can get themselves another offensive playmaker, and they can try to gel together that defense for next year, you have to feel good about it. I was going at it on Twitter a little bit with, with some, some of my Washington fan companions because, Shawnee, as you know, football fans are, are morons. But it was funny because this weekend, I, I after Derek Carr throws a, a really ugly interception at the end of the game to seal it, you have the hawks on Twitter that just descend, right? And these people are just not very intelligent. They don't they don't really do much critical thinking and, and quite frankly I'm not sure what they do for a living, but but they just they don't have very many brain cells. So they descend onto <laughs> Twitter and it's just immediate. Derek Carr sucks. This guy sucks. Oh, Washington should steer clear. Oh, blah blah blah. I mean I mean just guys going out of their way to go to different tweets about Derek Carr and just destroy him, which, you know, this is the world we live in. We, 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 we tear people down and completely destroy people uh, for, for zero reason whatsoever because he threw a football at that one time. Dude, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I mean, Shawnee, we went at it a couple, I mean, months ago at the beginning of the season about Derek Carr. Yeah. I've always thought Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Do I think he's a top 10 quarterback? No. I think you can win with Derek Carr. I think you can. I think in the right system, I think he's shown the ability to play well. I mean, at two points this season, he threw for over 90% completion percentage and zero turnovers. Two points this season. I don't think any other quarterback uh, that I was reading up, and I can fact check myself after the show, and you all can yell at me if this is wrong, but I don't think any other quarterback has done that at any point in their career. I think he's the first NFL quarterback in history to do that. He's a good quarterback. He's a good leader. And I think Washington would should be doing backflips to sleep every single night if they had somebody like Derek Carr in their locker room. But, of course, you had the people come at me and go, oh, well, you can get the same production from Taylor Heineke. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, no. You're an idiot. Stop. Like, you're dumb. Like, that is a very dumb thing to say. These people aren't very intelligent. That's the problem. Um, and, and, and usually, again, when they'll come at you uh, or, or they'll go after somebody. I mean, some of the things that were being said online, I mean, it's the same thing that uh, this happens with Kirk Cousins. This happens when Cam Newton is doing well. Everybody's, you know, cheering for him. And then the second he throws a pick or he throws a ball into the dirt, uh, it's immediately let's destroy him. Ben Roethlisberger is on his goodbye tour. But instead of saying, hey, this guy uh, is a great quarterback and, and should be commended, we immediately bring up his past and all the terrible things. And we just, it's just it is a cycle of awful, destructive behavior. I don't know why we get into this. But it is always funny because every single time Derek Carr has been brought up in the last few weeks, it's just been vitriol and, and anger. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know people. I usually I usually have to attribute it to other things in their life that are making them angry and it's just coming out at Derek Carr and they just need to address some stuff. But, look, if you're a Raiders fan, you got to feel okay. you got to feel okay about Derek Carr if – you know, if if he's your guy moving forward, almost through for 5,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, um, good quarterback, a good quarterback. Is he great? Is he a top five quarterback? Is he a top 10 quarterback? No. I think he's a top 15, and quite frankly, he's probably closer to the top 10 than the top 15. But I think Derek Carr needs to be commended. Rich Passaccia needs to be commended. The entire Raiders organization needs to be commended for what they've overcome this year. They've got two dudes facing life sentences. You lose your coach, 
uh, you know, you, you've now fired your GM, but they just kind of found a way to, to make it through, and they did so with guys in an unexpected way. So the Raiders deserve a lot of credit. But to be honest with you, Sean, going all the way back to what we started with this, the better team won. And the Bengals should feel excited going into this weekend. And I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I'm, I'm, I'll give you a little sneak preview here. I don't know if I'm – I don't know if I'm picking the Titans. I don't know if I'm picking the Titans this week. The Bengals are a team that is – they're not to be messed with. So we'll leave it at that before we get to our divisional picks. But better team won, and the Bengals should feel good. Um, they won by seven. First win in Cincinnati in 31 years, Johnny. Yeah, 31 years, and it was 31 degrees at kickoff. I'm sure the if you watched uh, Mike Tirico announce that, I think he said that like three or four times. Yeah, so, I know. God forbid. Yeah, a little, we, little we, bit we, of a God forbid a we didn't have to hear that another signal. three times. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's it for games on Saturday, Connor. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nothing else to talk no, no, about. No, 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 Sean. I think uh, there was one. Wasn't there one? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, there, there was. Wasn't it the like? Uh, oh, even, wait a even. second. Sean, oh, do I? I, do you, I you just talk, just talk about. It. I don't want to talk about. It. You talk about it. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want the floor here? You can vent. Okay, fine. All right. Six seed Patriots, ten and seven regular season, take on the three seed Bills, who are basically the one seed, and they uh, were eleven and six coming out of uh, the regular season, and it was not a good game for the Patriots. They lost forty-seven to seventeen. Josh Allen, Connor, did you know this? He had more touchdowns than interceptions in the mm. game. Five touchdowns, only. F- I'm sorry, uh, incompletions, not interceptions. He had more touchdowns. I was than waiting for the clarification. I went. There we go. Sorry about that. Most, most, people, most quarterbacks have that. Most, most quarterbacks <laughs> consider that a normal day. Yes. All right. More <laughs> touchdowns than incompletions. Five touchdowns and only four incompletions with 308 yards. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, the Patriots defense just fell apart. Uh, just give me your breakdown on the game and, and just both of the teams going forward. Obviously, Connor said the Bills are basically the one seed because they just they looked unstoppable. I, I don't know a team that could stop them if they play the same way that they played that night. I think we talked about this Monday, Sean, at uh, when we were out on, on, on Monday. I really think that there was something that just annoyed the Bills about that windy, I think it was week 14 game. I believe uh, so, yeah. I think that was week 14 where there was just something that you felt they left super bitter about where I picked them to win that game. And I felt like they were the better team, but the the wind and the, the weather just took that game over and it really allowed whoever ran the ball better to win that game it happened to be the Patriots. But I always felt, I have always felt, and I think most people feel, that when the Bills are on, they're just better than the Patriots. Just flat out. They have a better quarterback. They've got better weapons offensively. And they can put up 50, 55 points against a good team. The problem is, is exactly what I said to you before, was that it's got to be 72 and sunny. Not literally, but figuratively. It's got to be 72 and sunny for Mac Jones to have any sort of consistent success. Because he's a rookie. He doesn't have the club in his bag yet where he can come back from down 10 nothing, down 17 nothing, And people were constantly were fixated on Mac, Mac Jones this year. They were just totally fixated on the fact that a guy who was laughed at in the draft, who was so far behind in people's eyes of the best quarterback in that 
draft, they were so fixated that he's been the best rookie quarterback this year that they were ignoring really, in a way, what made the Patriots good this year, and that was their defense. So, of course, what was the levy that completely gave in on them on Saturday night? It was their defense. I mean, Buffalo dominated in every single facet of this game. It started on the line of scrimmage, and it just worked its way out. I mean, Josh Allen was completely dominant. Basically a perfect passer rating at 157.6. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sour ending for New England. I can't say that I feel bad for New England. I can actually say... Take it, please. Enjoy what every one of us have felt. You all have done nothing but win for a long time. Take disappointment. <laughs> and chew on it for a little bit. But I do think that Buffalo were working their way up towards this, right? You said that this was not going to be a good matchup, and, and you were right on. This this was not a good matchup. And in a way, I felt like Buffalo, this was their crescendo. This was their, hey, just so you know, you can laugh at us from previous playoff games you you can laugh at us with losing to Jacksonville and not even being able to put up more than two field goals this is what we're capable of we're going to do it at home we're going to do it in such a dominating fashion we're going to make a statement and I think that it is I think this weekend I I know it's dramatic to say this I think it's one of the bigger games in, in franchise history for the Bills because I, I do think if you get over this hump of the Chiefs if you get over this this wall in front of you that is Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and you can find yourself a way of of getting to that championship game and and playing a team that look if it is the Bengals or the Titans that I think are 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 lesser than you I, I think your path to the Super Bowl starts on Saturday I, I I really do or Sunday can't remember what day they play but I think you got to feel really good if you're Buffalo coming out of this and obviously for New England it's a whimper. It's 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 a it's a tough way to end the season, but I feel bad for nobody there. Um, the other thing I'm just going to say, was say again, me. You don't even feel bad for me. I I, I really don't. I'm sorry, Shawnee. I, I don't feel bad for you at all. I'll shake your hand. I'll, I'll buy you a beer. I I I just don't feel bad for you. But I will say this much: the Bills' defense also deserves a ton of credit. Like I said, mm-hmm. I fall victim to it all the time. Focusing on that offense, Bills' defense deserves a ton of a, just a ton of credit. Um, Jerry Hughes, or Jerry Hughes, was just so so good. I mean, he was just ripping through Trent Brown of the Patriots on Saturday night. Um, he was just so so good in this game. So, I think the Bills, if they're playing right, if they're consistent, man, at their top, I think they're the best team in the AFC. I, I really really do at their top. We'll see what yeah. version of them show up against the Chiefs. Who knows, man? Yeah, that's going to be a big conversation that we're going to have a little bit later on that Chiefs and Bills game, which yep. is probably the, I'd say, game of the playoffs, honestly, at yeah. this point. I mean, um, this, I, I don't see, to I don't, me, it's the AFC title game, right? I just think it, it is. It is, yeah. And I don't see, I don't foresee another game that's going to be as good as that one, no. um, at least going into it. We'll see, you know, yeah, at least obviously you and I were, were saying that about the Cardinals-Rams, and that turned out a little bit different. But let's go on. Uh, to a game that Connor just finished exactly how we kind of thought it would. It was the Steelers nine seven and one coming in off the regular season versus the number two seed Chiefs. They were twelve and five. It was actually scoreless at the end of the first quarter, and then I believe at one point the Steelers had a seven point lead. Uh, 
Chiefs got it to 7-7. Steelers were driving, and or maybe not. Maybe I'm mistaken. But anyways, the uh, Chiefs ended up blowing out the Steelers 42-21. to Patrick Mahomes, 404 yards and five touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger wraps up his career with a two-touchdown performance and 215 yards. So let me get your thoughts on both of the teams, Roethlisberger, and uh, just, you know, what's the Chiefs' mindset going into a massive game? against the Bills. Yeah, you know, I think for one, I think the win for the Steelers was being there. Right? Like like and it's not to be disrespectful, but literally they did not belong there at all. Like the Steelers backed their way into the playoffs by accident. They did this game was not at all it ended the way everyone thought it would. I mean, even when TJ Watt picks up a fumble and runs into the end zone, they take an early 7-0 lead. You just know they're, the Steelers' offense, just they had zero answers. They, they were unable to do anything offensively, and that's been the story of the Steelers. Unless you decided to score three, four, five defensive touchdowns uh, to make up any sort of difference, it didn't matter. It just didn't matter, and, and, and it, it never felt at any point that the Steelers had a chance here. You got to commend them for being there. But I think they just kind of backed their way in there. And obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, that's, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's expe- he hasn't said he's retiring yet. It's, it's, it, this has got to be his last season. I mean, it just – he was just so slow. He just does not move in the pocket. Inaccuracy, his arm strength is just not there. So, I think the Steelers are just moving forward. I think the whole point is that quarterback position. Who's going to fill those shoes? Um, what is Najee Harris going to look like going into his second – um, you know, going up in, into uh, his second season and Deontay Johnson. Um, I know his drops are just so frustrating for Steelers fans, but how is he going to progress? How is this offense going to look with a new quarterback, whether that is Mason Rudolph, whether it's Dwayne Haskins, who knows? I mean, whether you go out and draft or who who knows what the plan is there. But I think that's kind of your takeaway there. Uh, T.J. Watt is the other guy who's just an absolute stud. But for the Chiefs, they went out of their way to say, hey, we're not going to stop putting up points. When our offense gets moving, and it took a quarter and a half for their offense to get moving. Don't get me wrong. But when it did, they put up 42 points. Um, and quite frankly, it, it felt like they could have put up another 10 if they wanted to. But it's this is that statement that the Chiefs are making of, hey, I don't care. We're going to make it happen. We're going to throw to a lineman. We're going to get you know Travis Kelsey tossing the ball. We're going to get Jarek McKinnon involved. In just all the Andy Reid ways possible. And something that Chiefs fans, again, they should feel really, really good about. Because when the Chiefs offense is going, it's the best in football. The the question is always the defense. And I don't know if the defense really got tested in a way that showed much. But if you were to take their performances over the last four or five weeks of the season, that defense, again, is is playing really good football. So... Not much to, to take away from this. It really was kind of as expected, 42-21. to 21. Steelers head off golfing, and the Chiefs head into, I mean, I think on paper, the, the best the best game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we just mentioned that. So we'll talk about that game a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to get to another game on Sunday. It was the first game on Sunday. CBS, uh, their website has all the games mixed around, so I'm not going in order here, so I do apologize for that, but let's talk about that Eagles and Buccaneers game. That was another game, Connor, that finished exactly how we thought it was going to finish. Yeah. Started exactly how we thought it was going to finish. Uh, Buccaneers, number two seed. Eagles, number seven seed. Bucks coming in 13-4. and four. Eagles coming in 9-8. and eight. 
Uh, Buccaneers scored 14 in the first quarter, then another three in the second quarter. We're up 17-0 at halftime, and then another 14 in the third quarter before finally the Eagles tacked on their 15 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Tom Brady, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 258 yards, a touchdown, and I believe he had two interceptions, Connor. Uh, You might have to fact check me had. I think he had... Yeah, I think he did have two interceptions. I know he had yeah. uh, uh, an interception on a uh, pretty deep pass downfield, uh, but I, I, I believe he did have two interceptions. Yep. All right, so, Connor, again, exactly how we thought it was going to end. Just break down this game for me. Yeah, I mean, literally, it is. Um, I, I think this was a humongous um, confidence boost for the Buccaneers who, you know, Again, this game is not as close as the scoreboard would even indicate. It was 31 to 15. Uh, you know, you win by 16 points, but I mean the the Bucks didn't seem to care in that second half. Very very conservative. And I think they were playing conservative knowing that, you know, if you were to start to unleash the Wolves, I mean that offensive line was getting getting beat up, you know, pretty early in this game. Tristan Wirfs exited, you know, two different times and that's something to monitor. Uh but it's good to see this Tampa offense move without Antonio Brown, without Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans just stood up in such a big way. Nine catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Um, there were definitely some weird early miscues if you watch this game where Tom was just kind of missing guys. I, you know, They had a, a couple drops. It, it just seemed a little bit odd. And, and most importantly, I think the most impactful thing for the Buccaneers is the health of this offensive line. Because once Trist- Tristan Wirfs left the game, Tom Brady was sacked four times. I mean, the defensive line for the Eagles was really feasting on on what is usually the strength of the Buccaneers. So, I mean, again, I think that is going to be a linchpin for the Buccaneers, the health of their offensive line. If, if Tristan Wirfs can, can stay healthy, I think Ali Marpet left uh, hurt as well. Um, just that is going to be the most important part of their playoff run. It's, it's the health of that offensive line. Leonard Fournette's coming back this week, which is going to be a great addition. Um, but you, you got to be able to have your your men in there to protect Tom Brady and then to establish a run, right? To be able to establish a run the way that they want to, that's something that obviously Bruce Arians preached last week. And I know going into this week, nothing seems to change. On the Eagles side of things, uh, Jalen Hurts was not very good in this game. Um, I, I, I don't know... I just I don't know how great you gotta feel going into this offseason about Jalen Hurts being your franchise quarterback because it's something Nick Sirianni said. Hey, this is our guy moving forward. I, I just I don't know. I, I I know that the Buccaneers defense is Super Bowl caliber, but I mean I don't know how good you gotta feel. Uh, I, I'm just gonna say it that much. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is a franchise guy. He was inaccurate. Obviously, you know, two interceptions. Um, that offense was just, it just simply wasn't good enough. So we'll see. Um, I think the biggest thing to notch from this game, the biggest thing to continue to keep your eyes on is, is Tristan, Tristan Wirf's injuries. Um, see how that progresses. Um, as the week goes on, um, health for that Buccaneers, uh, team is going to be, especially that offensive line is going to be of the utmost importance. But look, we saw this last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round against Washington. Like, Washington gave them all they could handle. Um, and Tom Brady looked off against Washington. Like, there was just accuracy issues. There was there was kind of a weird, like, what is going on with the Buccaneers here? Uh, but they just kind of found a way, right? Over the course of the playoffs, they, they, they're kind of like where Adrian Peterson, right? Where in, in the first quarter, he was slow, and you just kept feeding him the ball. And just over the course of the game, as you got deeper into the game, 
he just found his rhythm. I think that's the Buccaneers. I think that's the Buccaneers formula. Um, but it starts with being healthy. So that's really the story there for the Eagles. You know, season ends on a whimper uh, at nine and nine. But uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving on. Really big game this weekend, Shawnee. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, really big game. And Ryan Jensen, who is their center, also went down with an injury and that's it right. looked pretty bad. He practiced on Thursday. So did Leonard Fournette, according to NBC Sports. So yep. something to keep uh, our eyes on there. I'm going to skip ahead to the Monday game before we get to the Cowboys game. So let's go ahead and talk about the Cardinals and the Rams. Obviously, Connor, if you listen to last week's podcast, we were dead wrong about this game. Yeah. Uh, we were hyping it up as the game of the week, the one that everybody, if you're going to watch one game, this is the one that you watch. Number five seed Cardinals, four seed Rams. Cardinals finished the season 11-6 and six after starting, I believe, 7-0, and Connor, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, and then the Rams finished the season 12 and five, despite kind of a cold streak in the middle to end of the season that made us a little bit concerned, but it was all Rams this game. Kyler Murray looked awful. Didn't even throw a touchdown. Uh, actually he did throw a touchdown, but it was to <laughs> the Rams. Um, and yeah, the Rams ended up winning this game 34 to 11. And you and I have talked about which Matthew Stafford is going to show up. Is it going to be the good one that throws five yeah. touchdowns? Or is it going to be the bad one that throws five interceptions? And this week it was the good Matthew Stafford, 202 yards and two touchdowns. Sony Michelle had a good game, 13 attempts, 58 yards. Cooper Cup a little bit slowed down, Connor. I know you like him on your fantasy team. Only five mm. receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown. But still, the Rams found a way just to absolutely dominate the division rivals. The funny thing is, Shawnee, is that Matt Stafford only threw the ball 17 times. He, mm-hmm. he had 13 completions. He didn't really have to do much. Like, just over 200 yards, he had two touchdowns. He was efficient, but he just didn't have to do much. I mean, it is funny. Nick Shook, for for I love Nick Shook on NFL.com. He's a fantastic writer. But he said Dallas was a clubhouse leader for least prepared playoff team entering Monday, right? But then Arizona upstaged the Cowboys by playing even worse. Like, did the Cardinals forget to get off the bus? Like, seriously. I was stunned. I, I was stunned watching in every aspect of the game they were just – they melted. I mean, they, 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 there's not really any other way to put it. And I know people love to say, oh, these guys are, are unprepared. Like, of course they're prepared. They weren't napping during the week. They were practicing. They're watching films. They're, they're, they're doing what they need to do. Like, saying they're unprepared is always kind of a, a, a trope. I always – I just I'm just like, okay, like that's a kind of a lazy take. This was just a meltdown. It was a meltdown. And, and really – it started with Kyler Murray. Like it, it started with Kyler Murray. I mean, he was awful. I mean, he was awful um, in this game. I mean, talk about you know, talk about a face plan. I mean, this is this was a guy that halfway through the season was the heads-on favorite for the MVP, and it just the, he he was awful in this game. I mean, the interception where he's... I mean, we're watching this, Sean, together, where he's getting tackled in the end zone, the ball's getting flipped up as he's falling, and it's just a scoop and score. <laughs> it's just stuff that you, 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 you like... You want to coach out of your nine-year-old kid in flag football. You're like, you, you, he just was flustered. And again, this game was defined by the Rams' defense, who completely and utterly suffocated anything the Cardinals were trying to do. And they made... They, they just were making zero adjustments. Like, James Conner was not a factor in this game. They were not able to run the ball. Um, Kyler Murray was turning the ball over. He was he was a guy It was odd because 
Sean, he's so good outside the pocket. Like he's one of the premier passers in football when he's on the run and he's moving and he's extending plays and he's spreading out the defense by just getting outside of the pocket and moving his wheels. But he was awful. I mean, he, he wasn't doing that. And, and the Rams were keeping him in the pocket. And this is where Kyler Murray's height comes into question. And everyone jokes about, oh, he's so tiny. Oh, he's 5'8". Oh, he can't do anything. Dude, the reality is, is that is a thing. Like, that is a thing. When Kyler Murray's in the pocket, he, he just folds. He completely folds. He, his game is defined by outside of the pocket moving, and he just was awful. From the Rams, their big names came up in the biggest way. I mean, you know they went in all in this, this offseason. I mean, even during the season. It's Von Miller. It's Odell Beckham. It's Cooper Cup. It's Cam Akers, who's coming back from his injury in, in a ridiculous time with his Achilles injury in six months. And these guys all stood up in the biggest ways. They all did. Von Miller with the sack. Odell Beckham is a guy who, as the season goes on, he is just becoming a bigger and bigger factor. Um, again, we talk about Cam Akers. Cooper Cup is just unbelievable. But this was just a real, I mean, what what a gut punch for the Cardinals. I mean, really what a gut punch for them. I mean, after starting the season as arguably the best team in the NFL and you just whimper your way through the last few weeks and get the door shut in your face in the wild card round. It's just a really, really disappointing ending uh, for a team that you just felt like the sky was the limit at a point. Uh, Cam Akers coming back, a huge difference for the Rams. That's going to be something to monitor going forward. Again, how are the Rams going to be able to run the ball? If they're able to run the ball and establish a balanced offense, something that Sean McVay has always wanted to do, if they can do that and you take the pressure off Matt Stafford, then he's able to throw the ball 17, 20, 22 times where the game doesn't revolve around him, where he's able to be a little bit selective with where he puts the ball around. Is it Odell Beckham? Is it Cooper Cup? Who is it? It doesn't matter. It's just he's got all the tools. and I think the Rams are a really, really dangerous team. That Bucks rams game is going to be so good. So, so good. We always talk about what version of Matt Stafford is going to show up. If they're able to run the ball, I I think there's a better than not version that Matt Stafford shows up, and, and it's a good one. So, really exciting this weekend, Shawnee, but just such an unbelievably disappointing game there for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just uh, one of those teams that had so much potential going into the season – uh, just falling flat first wild card game or first playoff game that they played of the season. All right, final game of wild card weekend, probably the best one <clears throat> as I clear my throat. Excuse me. It's the number six seed 49ers finished the season 10 and seven, barely made it into the playoffs, had to beat the Rams, uh, defeating a 17 point comeback or defeating coming back from 17 points down to win in against the Rams just to make it in the playoffs. And then the three seed Cowboys who were praised by everybody as Connor knows in the media and Connor loves that very much. All the it. Cowboys praise <laughs> um, Cowboys finished 12 and five uh, Connor. The 49ers were just absolutely rolling until probably around the mid third quarter uh, or, or maybe even the fourth quarter, uh, they put up 10 an unanswered points in the fourth quarter, but they ended up falling flat 23 to 17. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, the entire Cowboys organization, and also some of the decisions made throughout the game and the penalties. Do not forget the penalties because I think Dallas would have won if I, what was it? 14 penalties. I think Connor. 23 accepted I, I, penalties in the game and Dallas. Oh, 20, 23. Where the heck did I see? Oh, wow. Oh, third. Okay. Yep. Twenty-three um, accepted penalties in the game. Dallas committed fourteen. Oh, 
Yikes. Yeah, I'm, I'm under the impression that Dallas would have probably won it because those there were some crucial, crucial penalties that the Cowboys committed. So just a whole bunch of things to talk about. Just, uh, just kind of start with the overall game and then get into uh, the rest. Yeah, and, I, you know, you could do a podcast on this game, Sean. Like, <laughs> you, you could do an entire podcast on this game. But, Sean, there's a reason I picked the 49ers. There's a reason that the money was on the 49ers. And it, to me, I think this game summed up what Dallas is. It, re- it really is. Now, again, I'm a Washington fan. I know what it's like to cheer for an inept organization. The Cowboys know, and Jerry Jones specifically, I don't think Jerry Jones is a good owner. I actually think he's a terrible owner. But Jerry Jones knows how to build stadiums. He knows how to sell the Cowboys. He knows how to build a roster because he has built a very good roster in Dallas. And you got to give him credit for it. But the one thing that Jerry Jones has done for years and years and years, and people ignore it for years and years and years, is enable a lack of discipline. The, the Dallas Cowboys have, have been filled over the years with a lack of discipline, right? It's Greg Hardy. It's Ezekiel Elliott's nonsense. It's Randy Gregory. You I mean, go through the roster of years past where you watch Hard Knocks. And there's just an enabling culture of a lack of discipline. There just is. It showed itself after the game, Sean. You didn't even have to watch this game. Just watch the post-game press conferences where mm-hmm. Dak is so frustrated at the, at the podium. He's so visibly crushed by this loss that he, he literally says, hey, good on fans for throwing garbage at players and refs. Like, these guys... Mike McCarthy, I'm sticking by that last play call. We we have a Super Bowl roster. I know what it's like to win. What are you talking about, dude? What are you I talking about? I posted that on Instagram. Right. You saw me post that, yeah. It, a lack of discipline in your locker room. An enabling culture of undisciplined players. It manifests itself. Like, people want to act like that's not a thing. People want to act like... You, it doesn't matter. If you're very talented, it doesn't matter. And that's not true. It's not true it's in music. If you were to get five of the most talented musicians on the planet and make a band out of them, and all five of them were dealing with undisciplined lifestyles, they'd show up late to shows. They wouldn't be performing their best. Are you telling me they'd show up to the studio on time? Like, it manifests itself in your work. If you're not a disciplined person... It manifests itself in some capacity. And on Sunday, it did. It did. It was 14 penalties that completely crushed you. Sean, I don't think I've seen a defensive holding on a running play in my life. And I <laughs> saw two of them in the second half against Dallas. Like, on mm-hmm. a crucial drive where Dallas is trying to get the ball back. Randy Gregory tackles a dude. Like, wraps his arm around him and tackles it. Like, what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? This game was a reflection to me of of Dallas over the years, of the fact that they're just they're not a disciplined team. They're not a team that's capable of getting out of their own way when they're flustered. And and I, I said this year, Washington won the division. 
And I thought there was two possible opportunities for Washington when they won the division. You win the division, you get a harder schedule. The defense takes a step forward, and you rise to the occasion, or you get demolished. And Washington got demolished. They were not up to the occasion. Last year was a mirage. You win the division, you get a harder schedule the next year, and you get pummeled. Dallas are in for it. They're really in for it next year. You win the division. This was a roster to me that didn't have any excuses on paper to screw this up. What else did Dallas need? A good offensive line? A good pair of running backs? Remarkable receivers? A decent defense? A borderline rookie of the year linebacker? An all-pro cornerback? Like what, what else does this team need? What else does this team need? I'll tell you what they do need, Sean. They need, they need a leader. They need an actual leader. They don't need a leader when the sun is shining at 72 degrees, everyone's great. It's easy to find leaders in a winning locker room. But when your back's against the wall and a team like the 49ers come into your house with a bunch of their fans, by the way, and punch you in the face repeatedly and you have no answer for it, what, what does that say? What does that say about Mike McCarthy? What does that say about Dak Prescott? I know you get caught up in the heat of it, but what does that honestly say? It's, it's, it's an awful Awful reflection on where that team is. I really can tell you this. They're a better football team than Washington. They've been a better run organization than Washington has for the last 25 years. But the one thing that they've constantly done is enable a culture that lacks discipline. And every time their feet are to the fire when it comes to the postseason, this happens. This happens. Look at that 13-3 and year where Tony Romo's leading and it's the Des Bryant catch situation. It's still to this day, it wasn't their fault. Oh, the Des Bryant catch, that would have done it for us. It's constantly looking back at those things and saying, it's not our fault. It, w- it came down to the refs. Dak Prescott sliding at the end of the game, and fans are throwing stuff at the refs. You lost that game 30 times before that sliding play. You lost the game 30 times before that because your offense couldn't do it, your defense couldn't do it, your coaching couldn't do it, and when, when push came to shove, a team came into your house and punched you in the face. The 49ers were just, dude, the way they were watching the game, they were hitting harder. They were, like, running faster. Like, it just seemed as if they were a team that knew they punched their way out of a corner in Week 18 against a division rival, earned their way into the playoffs, and knew, we don't have a fantastic quarterback, but we have enough and we're well-coached enough to come in here and will our way to do it. And that's what they did. And trust me, Kyle Shanahan was mismanaging that game at the end. Like, really and truly. There's no excuse. Jimmy Garoppolo's interception was horrendous. And the fact that he can't wait for his offensive lineman, Trent Williams, to get set before he snaps on a fourth and short to seal the game, that last drive for Dallas shouldn't have even happened. But it didn't matter. They did enough. They were disciplined enough. And Dallas, I mean, Dallas's offense couldn't even take advantage of the fact that, that Nick Bosa was out of the game. And Fred Warner left the game. They, they couldn't take advantage of that. It's just remarkable. I mean, Debo Samuel for the 49ers, I mean, he he's an all-pro player. I mean, he's one of the most enjoyable football players to watch. I mean that in the entire league. And I, I just, I think that no matter how this week's game goes up in Lambeau, you have to feel like the 49ers have established themselves as a team that they might be one or two pieces away from being legit, legit. But you, you can't tell me that they're not well-coached and they're not a cohesive group. 
I think the big thing for them is now just watching what Fred Warner and Nick Bosa's injuries turn into, and and if they can get back on the on the field this Sunday. But I mean, Sean, I I can't think of a more disappointing loss if you're a Dallas fan. And and really, this is just me speaking of, I I, I again, I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a Washington fan, whatever they're going to be called next. I, I I'm a diehard Washington football fan, but and I've always hated Dallas. But I I can't think of a more disappointing loss for them. I mean, a team that I I feel like had everything they could. I mean, they they had everything in the bag to really be a contender this year. I I really felt that way. But those cultural problems that we talk about that people love to dismiss, they manifest themselves. And I think they really did on Sunday. I think that was a that was a a perfect storm, a synopsis of of what Dallas is and they and they're just an, an undisciplined team. They're very talented. They're unbelievably talented. I mean, if you're Jerry Jones, you've put together the best roster I think he could have possibly put together. Dalton Schultz is a great tight end. I mean, you have everything, and you can't get out of the wild card round. It's just good to know. Good to know that Washington, Philly, New York, and the Cowboys all <laughs> won the exact same amount of playoff games. Cheers to that, go. man. Wild, wild game. I, I couldn't – again, I, I picked the 49ers, but I, I was I was really, really stunned at the way Dallas, Dallas gave that game up. I mean, just unbelievable. All right, this actually leads into my mystery question for you. So I'm going to ask it now. 100% opinion. Just give me your opinion on it, all right? Okay. This is a headline from CBSSports.com, and I saw it earlier in the week as well on Instagram, I believe. All right? Cowboys could replace Mike McCarthy with Kellen Moore. What are your opinions on that? Do you think that's a good idea? Like, What did Kellen Moore do on Sunday? Like, what, what did he do to prove himself? Like... You know, like, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't think Kellen Moore did anything to prove himself as as a head coach. Like, I actually thought he detracted in a lot of ways. I mean, the report of Kellen Moore was the one who picked that quarterback slide play. Like, there was nothing Dallas were doing offensively that made you feel like anything to do with Kellen Moore's decision-making would make a difference. And, I mean, he's a young guy, right? He's a young guy, of course. I... I think that Mike McCarthy is not a great coach. I just I, I think his success in Green Bay was very reflective of the of the young prime years where Aaron Rodgers was just catapulting himself into the stratosphere. Uh but no, I I I gotta be honest with you, Sean. I I think with the Cowboys, I think those problems are, are not head coach related. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say it. I think it's the same thing that Washington deals with. It's an upper thing. I mean, it's 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 an ownership. It's a cultural thing established by the uppers. It's it's that Jones family who who they know how to run a business. I mean, they know how to run a business. But year after year, we've watched Jerry Jones enable a culture in Dallas that has never been conducive to winning. It's never been conducive to winning. It's because it just is, it's it's an undisciplined culture, and it's it's we've seen it manifest itself year after year. And I think you get rid of Mike McCarthy, and you bring in Kellen Moore. You get rid of Mike McCarthy, and you make Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, the head coach. You bring in somebody else. It starts at the top. We say it with Washington. We, we watch Jim Zorn come in here. We watch Mike Shanahan. We watch Jay Gruden come in here. We've seen Joe Gibbs come back for Joe Gibbs 2.0. It's, it's Marty Schottenheimer. It's Steve Spurrier. It's... 
I mean, you go through the list of coaches and it just it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't because the culture is established from the top and it bleeds itself down into the locker room. And I do think that that is Dallas's biggest fault. I really do think that's Dallas's biggest fault. I mean, watching Hard Knocks, you heard multiple times members of the Jones family say, it's an honor. It's a privilege to wear the star. I mean, really, every one of these guys in here are walking on clouds. And it manifests itself. I mean, people people can make fun of me. People can say, hey, that's a dumb thing. That's stupid. That's not the reason. It's because of play calling. It's because he slid too early. It's because of the holding penalties. It's because... This is how it manifests itself, and you're not going to talk me out of this until you show me a successful Dallas Cowboys team in the last 20 years. I can't right. give you one. I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, so basically the argument of the article was that Kellen Moore is probably going to go somewhere like Jacksonville or Miami. I've yeah. seen Miami be floated. Um, so the argument was, hey, why not we just, as the Cowboys, if we don't think Mike McCarthy's the direction that we want to go in, why not we just hire from within? Um, that, that was the argument. It was basically a way for Jerry Jones to keep Kellen Moore on his staff, uh, and then, and then not have to worry about him in another team. And I, I don't know if part of the plan, if they did do that, which I, I don't think they will, would be make Mike McCarthy, the offensive coordinator. I highly doubt anybody who would want to be, happening. who was just a, yeah, exactly. Are you going to go from a head coach to the offensive coordinator of the same team? Um, because I know that I think he was the play caller up in green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's a, he's an offensive minded guy. Am I correct to, to say that? Yeah, no, he is. He is yeah. an offensive minded okay. guy. Yeah. That, that's, so that's, he's an offensive minded yep. coach. Um, and he did call the plays up in green Bay. I remember yep. that. Um, but yeah, man, that was, uh, that was just an article I saw and I wanted your opinion on that. Uh, about the 49ers, I have another article up right now. Garoppolo, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa are all poised to play against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so that'll huge. make things interesting. Huge, huge, uh, huge. So we will we will keep our eyes on that, and that is according to ESPN. All right, again, losing my voice. Not sure what's going on here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, <laughs> happens to the best of us. Yeah, of course. Was that Wild Card Weekend, man? Dude, that is that is the wildest yeah. of the Wild Card wow. Weekend. Let's, I'm going to hit on the tab. This is divisional nah, because we are we are – Moving on in the playoffs, and let me just see. Okay, so we have two Saturday games, two Sunday games. Let's start with the first Saturday game. It's a 4.30 Eastern time game. Number four seed Bengals travel to the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Will Derrick Henry play, Connor? And if so, who do you have? I think I have the Bengals here, Sean. Oh. I think I have the Bengals here. And it's a weird pick. It's, it's a weird pick. I know it is because, look, Tennessee is that one seed, right? They get a week to rest. I think Derrick Henry plays. I think I think you get A.J. Brown back, question mark. If you want to Google that right now and, and fact check me, Julio Jones is back. They're healthy at the right time. I don't know. I've never – and I don't know why I felt this way. It's an eye test thing for me, and I, I don't know if this is based on any sort – of fact or statistics it's just watching the titans i don't 100 percent buy them i just never have i think if the game is put in ryan Tannehill's hands do i trust him i i don't i don't i just don't now if this is a game where derrick henry comes back he doesn't look like a statue he's warm he's loose he's ready to go 
And all of a sudden, he's cranking out 150, 160 yards, and Ryan Tannehill just has to throw the ball 20 times. Tennessee's probably going to walk away with this game. I think they will. But I don't know. I Something is pulling me towards this Bengals momentum train. Now, if they can fix whatever happened defensively in the last four minutes of that Raiders game at home last Saturday, I think the Bengals are a really dangerous team. Do I, I, I think both of these teams, I put them below the Bills and the Chiefs. I just do. I'm going to pick the Bengals here because something is pulling me towards that juice that offense provides. There's just something me drawing. To, it's like I, it's kind of like a moth to a flame a little bit where you're like, God, that offense, when it's going, when Joe Burrow finds Jamar Chase streaking down the field, you just feel like, I don't know if there's a defense in the AFC that's able to stop that right now. I just don't know. And what does Derrick Henry look like? What does, a, does A.J. Brown, how does he look? Is Julio Jones going to stay healthy? Like a lot of question marks for the Titans. Mike Vrabel is without a doubt the coach of the year. I mean, this guy and the Tennessee Titans have overcome more injuries than you can shake a stick at. But I don't know, Sean. I'm going to buy the Bengals this weekend. I think Tennessee are favored by three and a half. But it's closing into like a pick'em game. I mean, in terms of Vegas odds, like it's it's like a pick'em. I mean, this is a this is a coin flip. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Bengals on the road. I mean, how big of a win that would be. It's against oh. the odds. I mean, it would be so ridiculous how big of a game that would be. But I think for Tennessee to stymie the Bengals offense and for Tennessee to 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 score some points against a defense that I think was very comfortable bringing the heat against the Raiders. I think more than a couple things are going to have to go right. I don't know if I 100% trust it. I'll take the Bengals, Shawnee. I like your pick, and I'm going to pick with you. Wow, let's go. I will go with Cincinnati as well. We talked about the eye test the entire season, Connor. Yeah. Which teams look better, and I'm 100% with you. If I give the ball to Ryan Tannehill with two minutes left in the game down by four, Versus if I give the ball to Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase as his number one receiver with two minutes left, who are you picking, Connor? Who, who's going to score the first touchdown? Who's going to win the game? I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, be just, Bengals. you just feel like it's the Bengals, right? Exactly. You just it's going to be the Bengals. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. They have been inconsistent, which makes me a little nervous. But I think I, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be great. Julio Jones is back. A.J. Brown looks like he's going to be back. Um yeah, I, I just – coming out not playing for that long makes me nervous about Derrick Henry. Now, it could be one of those games, Connor, that he comes back he, he comes back and he runs 220 yards and four touchdowns. We don't know. We, we can't see into the future. Right. But just the amount of time he's been away with an injury, I've got to go with the Bengals, dude. I think the Bengals go to the AFC Championship. I really do. Yeah, dude. And um, you know what, Shawnee? The yeah, other go ahead. Thing, the other thing about the Bengals, like we, we get caught up in Jamar Chase and how good he is because he is – unbelievable but like cj uzoma joe mixon Mm -hmm. through the air tyler boyd and t higgins are very good receivers and if when jamar chase does not have the ball in his hands he's taking defenders eyes with him and and you saw like cj uzoma had a touchdown 64 yards on six receptions against the the raiders and and you feel like that's gonna happen again right you feel like he's gonna have a good game as a tight end this week because it's what great receivers do. They take attention away from other players and they open up opportunities. I mean, it is a twofold investment 
when you have a star receiver like Jamar Chase. And it's it's hard to imagine. It's hard to name more than a couple people, you know, Cooper Cup, that that are obviously right now better than Jamar Chase at the position. So yeah, I'll take the I'll take the yeah. Bengals, Shawnee. I will as well. All right, so we'll both pick the what do they call them? The orange and black. Does anybody call them that? <laughs> Probably not. We'll call them that. We're picking the orange and we'll black. Take the Bengal Tigers. All right, Bengal Rail. <laughs> I'm never I, do that I, again. Can we isolate that? Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that will be the last time anybody ever hears that. Great, fantastic. Right, so I know uh, when Sean sends me over his portion of the audio tonight, he'll be clipping that out. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. That is going to be the show. Uh, yeah, everybody's just going to hear dead space and be like, what is Sean saying? <laughs> All right, um, the 49ers, the sixth seed, obviously big win down in Dallas. They're heading over to the number one seed Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a good game, Connor. Finish the regular season 13-4. and four. First time we'll see them in the playoffs this year. This game's scheduled Saturday, June 22nd at 8.15 p.m. on Fox. Uh, right now, Connor, it looks like the Packers are five-and-a-half points uh, or five-and-a-half point favorites in this game. Yeah. Ooh, dude, this is another good one. Ah, uh, who are you picking? Who are you going with? I'm. J- I just got to go with the Packers. I. I just feel like okay when it's Aaron Rodgers, when it's at Lambeau. You know, we're talking January football. Who? I mean, outside of Tom Brady, I mean, is there anybody you trust more in the playoffs? Yeah. Than Aaron Rodgers, and I mean, it's Devontae Adams. It's it's. I mean, just going through the list of 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 how capable they are. And how well they just coasted through that second half of their schedule. I think they came in, they're well rested, uh, rested. I think they're 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 healthy. And I I don't look. I know the 49ers, like you said, with Bosa and Warner planning on being available on Saturday. You just wonder how effective are they going to be? Are they going to be full speed? Are they going to be on a snap count? I don't know. I just think on paper and and on the eye test, I like the Packers. They're favored by almost a touchdown. I'll I'll, I'll I would take that. And I I, I think San Francisco is going to give them a little bit of a handful. I think San Francisco's defense is playing hawkish, and you got to love Debo Samuel offensively. I'm going to stick with Green Bay here, Shawnee. Oh, this one's hard, man. Oh, okay, I I am going to go with the 49ers. Mm. I'm going to pick San Francisco. That would be an I don't, upset of epic proportions. It would. Here's my reasoning behind that. One, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. We have seen – how many times in the playoffs have we seen him disappoint? It's been – I mean, it's been quite a bit, you have to admit, right? I, I just – I I wouldn't go as far as to say him disappoint. The team. The de- We all know that the ba- – not the Bengals. The Packers are – Aaron Rodgers. He is the Packers. You know, like, sure. yeah, they have Devontae Adams. They they have other players that can step up. But he is, like, if he left, would Green Bay even be in the playoffs? No. no. I mean, with Jordan Love, no. No, no exactly. And, and probably not with most quarterbacks. Um, Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers. And, and a big reason why is because if you watch that Dallas game, you saw the 49ers blitz just four linemen, and they were all over Dak Prescott. And I know Dak and Aaron Rodgers are completely different players. Rodgers is probably more mobile than Dak uh, to an extent, at least quickness, and can probably get out of the pocket better. I mobile as much better. as I'd say he has a vision, and he, he understands defenses mm-hmm. in a way that very few humans alive do. And he's just able yeah. to, to play chess. Like he chesses his mm-hmm. way out of rush situations that other quarterbacks just don't see. Like how many times have you yeah. seen him call audibles on the line of scrimmage where he just swallows up 
a blitz after just telling his guard where to go. <laughs> like this just that is yeah. the game that Aaron Rodgers plays. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, so so that'll be interesting to watch. But I, I really do like the 49ers defense. I really like the 49ers offense, especially Debo Samuel. Uh obviously I mentioned uh Bosa, uh Warner and Garoppolo seem like they're gonna be playing in this game. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm going to go with the Packers. I don't know what the weather is going to be up in Green Bay. I'm sure it's going to be frigid. I don't know how much that comes into effect against the 49ers. Um, ah, yeah, I, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I've seen multiple experts, I'm using quotes here, on ESPN and CBS Sports picking the 49ers this week over the Packers. Okay, so just to clarify, reasons. you are going with the – because you said you're going with the Packers. You, you are – Did I? I'm sorry. I'm going with the 49ers. I'm sorry, 49ers. dude. I'm losing my train of thought. I'm going with the 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers, I okay. will pick. You're picking the Packers. I'm going with the 49ers. I apologize for the confusion. No, no, that's we great. We will uh, – that might be our deciding game this week because you won last week the picks. You were perfect. Dude, I was I perfect last week. Got the Cardinals. Who did I get wrong? Cardinals and the you first got the Cardinals game, the Raiders wrong. I picked. You picked the yeah. You you picked uh, the uh, Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, you picked the Raiders. I did. Yep, I picked the Raiders. I mean, I will say I'd love uh, yeah. to take credit for which I will still take credit for for perfectly <laughs> picking uh, the wild card. But there were a couple games that were basically layups. Um, I'd say yeah. that Rams Cardinals game we could not see coming, and I, I still yeah. do think that that you know, Saturday afternoon game with the Raiders and Bengals was a little bit of a toss up. But <laughs> who am I kidding? I'm taking credit. Well, speaking of the Rams, they're next. They're going to be the first game on Sunday down in Tampa at three o'clock Eastern Time on NBC with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. All righty. So Connor, this is interesting. The Bucks, who are the two seed, Rams four seed. Bucks are only a three-point favorite in this game. I feel like that's a little bit low. What do you think? I actually think it's probably just right, considering how good defensively the Rams have been. And I think the Eagles gave Tom Brady a couple. I think he gave him more problems than you would like to see. Now, again, like I said, I mean, we, we watched this with Washington. I mean, how many times after Washington gave Tampa a real headache and it was a real tough out for them in the wild card round, how many times do people go, oh, man, Tom Brady looks slow. I mean, this team does not look very good. And – I think the Buccaneers are getting exposed. And they just proceeded to rip through the playoffs after that. I can't I cannot pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I can't do it. I, I'm taking the Buccaneers here. I I, I I just I can't. I can't take I I can't pick against Tom Brady. I just now, as a three point favorite, again, that's closed in on a pick'em game as well. I mean, that is a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is gonna be how does this Buccaneers offensive line hold up? And can Tom Brady get off to a quick start? They did against the Eagles, but they left a lot on the field in that first quarter, going into the second quarter. A couple misthrows, a couple weird routes, people just kind of off. They were just kind of off timing. Uh, I will say this, though. If the Rams win in Tampa, I think they're favored in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. I think that alone catapults them to Super Bowl status. Just as, like, go ahead. I was going to say, you think, because you think Green Bay is going to win. You think that they they have the possibility to beat Green Bay in Green Bay, which is where they played last year, and they got manhandled. Yeah, I I think that that is on the table. I really do. I I actually do. But it's going to be a big test. But, again, for Tampa, they're at home. They're playing in Raymond James Stadium, which is nice. So, I think I don't know. Look, if 
it's going to be that offensive line. That's what I'm most concerned about for, for Tampa. That's what I'm most concerned about. Because you know that the Rams, if their offense shows up, Tampa's going to have to keep pace. They're more than capable of keeping pace. But mm-hmm. how does that offensive line look? All I'm going to say is that if the Rams somehow get past Tom Brady at home, um, you know, in Tampa, I think that is remarkable. But I do think that that Bills-Chiefs game and this Tampa-Rams game, I think both of those are going to decipher the AFC and NFC teams. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's very easy that either the Rams, Bucks, and Chiefs, Bills, a combination of those teams I think is more than likely there in the Super Bowl. I really do. Yeah. I really, really oh, do. Oh, yeah. I, I and Definitely about the AFC side, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I will pick the Bucks. Uh, I, I do think three is a little bit generous to the Rams. I, I think so too, uh, Tampa. Yeah, I, I think Tampa can can really put up a good number of points. And again, which Matthew Stafford shows up, we don't know. We always know what what type of Tom Brady is going to show up in the playoffs. So I will go with Brady and the Bucks getting the win and heading to yet again another NFC Championship. The guy doesn't stop. He's forty four. It's amazing. In case you need to be reminded. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Connor. Here we go, boy. The big one for the week. It is the Sunday, can I call it night? I'll call it night. 6.30 p.m. game on CBS. It is the Bills in the Chiefs. A lot of people thought it was going to be the AFC Championship. Obviously, with the new extended playoff and the seeding, it was impossible for these teams to meet in the AFC Championship given what happened in wildcard weekend. So they end up meeting in the divisional round, which I actually really like Mm. uh, because it it really gives us... um, you know, it's it's basically just dangling in front of them saying one of you is going to the AFC Championship yep. to go to the Super Bowl and one of you is not. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoy games like that. Um, Connor, who do you have in this one? This is going to be a real fun one. Dude, I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to take Buffalo in Arrowhead. Mm. Kansas City favored by two and a half. Again, it's basically a pick'em game. By the way, the over-under mm-hmm. at this game I think is set at 54, which, I mean, take the over. Oh, my God, take the over. You just hope this is not one of these Rams-Cardinals games that you pray is a classic and then someone doesn't show up, right? That's the only thing that you're, it makes you nervous about this. But, dude, I think this is the game we've all just been waiting for, right? I think this is the game on the AFC side that we all knew was kind of an eventual it – was, it was a crossroad that was eventually going to happen. And you feel like this is Josh Allen's time to, uh, to pay back Pat Mahomes for all the postseason pain. I'm going to take the Bills. I think the Bills defensively have been hawkish. I think offensively they showed exactly what they could do against, on paper, a good Patriots team. And they did it with absolute ease. I'll take the Bills in a close one. Again, I don't I don't like the predicting of scores bit. Like 34-31, 38-35, something like that. I mean, the over-under is set at 54.5. you got to take the over there. But I think this will be a shootout. And dude, I just like I said, man, I'm riding. I'm riding the Bills momentum train, man. I'm riding the momentum train, and I feel like that domination of the Patriots is going to inject the fuel into them that they just haven't had. I think they're going into this game with more confidence than they've had in a long time, and I, I, I think it's going to manifest itself in a good way. Yeah. Oh, dude, this is a tough one. It really is. This is. Can I can I pick after the game is done which team I think is going to win? <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. That sounds uh, awesome. First of all, fifty four was it fifty four or fifty six over under? Fifty four. 
Fifty. That's awfully low. I don't know who the hell. That came is up awfully with that. low. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what is that? I don't 20, know who did that. What, what is that? That's twenty. Uh, twenty. Twenty-seven ish points each. Yeah, each. You feel like this game ish, is gonna yeah. be. You feel like the winner of this game has got to put up at least 30, 35 points. I yeah, I would say at least thirty-five. Honestly. Yeah. With that being said, I think Kansas City can do that better than Buffalo. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. It's, I mean, I, yeah, I do, it's a pick I, game, man. It is. It really is. So either one could win. Uh, I'm 100% in that camp. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, blast you for picking the Bills. I'm going to give Kansas City, obviously, the home field advantage. That place is going to be roaring at Arrowhead. The weather's, I guess weather really, does. Buffalo plays in Buffalo, so that doesn't matter too much. Um yeah, I just if if you come up to me and you say, "All right, we got the Bills and we got the Chiefs," and mind you, the Chiefs' defense is good, so is the Bills, but the Chiefs' defense has been a big surprise this year. If you came up to me and said the Bills and the Chiefs have to get to thirty-five first, who are you picking? It's going to be a close race, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I, I just think they can put up more points quicker. I think they can, uh, as just... we saw. Yeah. Oh, uh, go ahead. I, you know, and, and you're right. I think you, we did see that on Sunday. I think that was what you're about to say. It was because they put up 42 points in three quarters. They didn't score in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. So 42 points over three quarters. They're going to come into this game fired up. They're probably going to score within the first quarter. Uh, I think Buffalo will as well. So if they put up 42 against a you know mediocre team, what can they do against the Bills? I, I don't know. But again, it comes down to the race to put up 35, 38, maybe even 40 points. And I think Kansas City has the slight edge. Yeah, honestly, and I mean, it's I can't argue against it. The only thing I would tell you to keep in mind, only thing I tell you to keep in mind, is on Sunday it did take a quarter and a half for the for the for the obviously the Chiefs to get going. Right, they were slow initially. That's a good point. Now, yep, the Steelers weren't making them pay. It was a defensive touchdown that was stopping it from being a complete shutout initially. So you have to imagine if you have a slow start against the Bills and you're a quarter and a half in and all of a sudden you find yourself down 14 or 17 nothing or maybe 17 to 3 or something like that, how good do you feel then? I mean, and this is this is where I, Sean McDermott's got to uh, keep his gas, you know, his, his foot on the pedal and not be conservative. But that's the thing to keep in mind. You just you don't know how it's going to manifest itself. But All right, but here's the thing, Connor. You and I talked about with the Buffalo game when they were hosting New England that you and I both felt, and you said it first, Mac Jones can't keep up point. He, he can't come down or come back from being 17 down. He probably can't even from 14 down and, and maybe even 10 down. He has to get the lead early and keep the lead. Yep. That's not Patrick Mahomes. No. How many times in our career have we seen Mahomes come back from 17 down? I mean, heck, there was that Houston playoff game a couple years oh, ago yeah. where Never they were down 24 nothing, I think, 24 to 3. Yep. And they ended up just I mean, it it was a blowout at the end. You would have never guessed to save your life that Houston looked like they were going to run away with that game in a surprising fashion. It yep. was a blowout at the end. That's why I'm picking the Chiefs because I I think Josh Allen would get flustered before Patrick Mahomes. I really do. Mahomes has been here. He's done that. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in AFC championships. He's beaten Tom Brady when he was in New England in the regular season. He's done this and that and all these accomplishments. I just give him the slight edge over Josh Allen. Uh, but no, it's going to be a great game. Man. It's going to be it's such really, a good really going to be a great game. It's uh, I will. I will uh, definitely congratulate you if the bills win because i i 100 could see that happening as well I, i'm just picking kansas city even i mean I, I think a point and a half favorite is even uh generous to, yeah. to the game i really Dude, do it's, think it's the, a but that's up. the best part about the playoffs right 
is we, we you just sit back and enjoy the glory, right? <laughs> you just mm-hmm. sit back yep. and enjoy the glory because th- this is that time of year. It's just the best of the best, man. I mean, this is the best of the best. I mean, this is this is all the marbles on the table. And this is what off seasons, this is what drafts, this is what free agency. This is what it all comes down to. It's what it all comes down to. And at the end of the day, like if you're Dallas, having unbelievable draft history, incredible free agents, you got Dak under contract, you got an un- I mean, you have everything you could want and you leave this season as bitter as any team in football and I'm including Washington, I'm including the Giants. You leave feeling as bitter as any team in existence. Because you didn't show up on game day. You didn't show up when it mattered. Mm-hmm. That's what the playoffs are all about, man. I'm so, so freaking excited about this weekend. It's going to be great. I think this is this is probably, you know, I know the NFC, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl, and you get the, 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 the championship games. I think this is the best quality week of football of the, of the calendar year. I just think it is. I just think it's so fun because you've got the teams that are riding hot. You've got the teams that are on their bye weeks coming out. And putting their cleats back on and getting right back out out there and it's just so much fun man so much fun to be had but that is our divisional round we've got our picks shawnee will stick those up on instagram and as always i'll put the poll out there for you guys to make your weekly picks as well um i will have to pull up on instagram um to see how our uh, listeners did on our on our polls but again, I'll put up our game day poll so everybody can pick their games along with us. And as always, we'll put out some uh, questions and some feelers and whatever comments you guys have. Go ahead and message us. Um, you can message us or, or comment on on Facebook and obviously on Instagram. We're most active. So send us uh, send us your thoughts. Send us your theories. Um, we'll put out our game picks and we'll get you guys involved. But Johnny, such a good weekend of football ahead, my friend. Heck yeah, man. It's really looking forward is there to it. anything that I am missing? Anything we are missing before we head off into the weekend? I don't believe so. My gosh, man. Freaking division round. I mean, we got a couple weeks of football left. So I advise every one of you out there, no matter who you are, where you're listening, I want you to enjoy every moment of football to come. Because let me tell you, folks, we're like two or three months away from Sunday afternoons. You haven't now planned stuff. You now having to go, <laughs> all right, I got to actually go do something. Your Sunday freedom is slowly coming to an end. So I want you to soak it up. Every aspect of it, it's just the best of the best. But we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are in the spinning rock. After further reviews in the books, again, we're brought to you by Anchor FM. Anchor FM is the easiest way to make a podcast. If you're interested, go ahead and reach out and just let them know, hey, Connor of After Further Review sent you. Say Sean of After Further Review sent you. Whatever. You say the After Further Review NFL podcast, your favorite podcast, sent you. As always, leave us a five-star review. Um, Leave us a comment. Give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. Continue to subscribe. Continue to let everyone know that we exist. We love every one of you. We will be back to review the divisional round next week. Get right into the conference finals. And, man, this uh, this boat moves along. But for Connor Forrest, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Connor. It's always good to chat with you. We will be back next week. And as always, folks, I will catch you guys on the other side. Mm-hmm.